What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rooster Grooves. Uh, I am Jay Purcell. I'm Jesse Quigley. And we're here again, another week. Got a little singer happening in the background. Hopefully we can uh, talk over that. You won't hear it too much. But as I've said on like, a couple of shows I've been recording here recently, there's a lot of live music happening in Pioneer Square. It's nice. Lately. Uh, the other day, when we were supposed to record these, <laughs> couldn't do it because of timing, but there was a great uh, live band playing out there. Uh, mm. I think his name is Jimmy James, that guitarist out here. Okay, nice. Really good funk guitarist, and he had like three horn players, uh, bass and drums, and it was all like James Brown type stuff. That's rad. But it was all brand new. Like, I think they were like, a, I, I don't know what band name they're going by, mm -hmm. but it might just be Jimmy James, but... Anyway, great stuff, and it was all free. He was just out there, and they were just rocking. This that sounds fun. Funk stuff. Yeah. Right right outside where this guy's playing right now? Uh, a little bit further down, there's like a little pagoda. I call it a pagoda, pagoda. bandstand or something like that out there in the park, Occidental Park. Right on. That's where the summer vibes are happening here. It is. Um, but this week, we are talking about a group called the Dirty Projectors. Out of New York originally, I believe. I yeah, think. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yeah. And uh, yeah, this is my pick. Uh, I came across them probably like 2010, 2013 maybe. So you've known them for a minute. Yeah. I've never heard of them up until oh, when cool. you brought it to the table this week. Yeah, I totally forgot about them actually because I came across them back then, but I haven't really sort of dived back into their music in a long time actually. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I can't even remember which album it was I was like listening to, but it was some videos on YouTube, I think, that I came across at the time. Well, and they got um, a lot of material out. So yeah. There's a lot to dive back into. Almost 20 years they've been around for. Yeah. Um, pretty cool stuff. It's basically yeah. indie rock, real vague term there, anything from indie tronica. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's folky. It's kind of Ameri Americana yeah. folk. Um, but yeah. A lot of, you know, they're using samples, cool vocals, yeah. really interesting guitar stuff. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, they really do some weird stuff, to be honest. Yeah. It keeps it really interesting, and it's really fun to listen to. Yeah, I think they've been known for being kind of eclectic Yeah, um, in what they do. There's some jazzy things happening. There's some mm -hmm. sort of African things happening. Mm -hmm. And like you say, that sort of traditional folky indie stuff happening as well. For sure. Um, some people have described them as like new wave, uh, like lumping them with like David Byrne and Squeeze. That's definitely who I thought of. Yeah. Okay. And, Dave, yeah. And, uh, and also progressive rock, like Frank Zappa and yes. Mm -hmm. Although the lead guy, David Longstreth said he hates Frank Zappa. So he doesn't get that. Reference. Oh yeah. I think I saw him <laughs> say that. <laughs> so, or, or yes. So he's not really into that those things but um zappa yeah. could be uh yeah. polarizing i suppose yeah i don't really know too much about him i've seen like old interviews of him throughout mm -hmm. the years a few tracks here and there he sounds pretty he's a lot psychedelic stuff or something yeah like he sounds yeah. talented and yeah i don't think it's ever been my style i haven't yeah checked too much of it out so i don't want to i don't yeah. want to judge but yeah never got into him so far yeah so far yeah yeah so um and I guess, yeah, so like to sort of backtrack, I mentioned him, David Longstreth is the lead guy behind Dirty Projectors. It's basically his project, really. He's the one main yeah. consistent guy that's been all the way through, yeah. kind of leading the charge. He like writes all the songs. He is a multi-instrumentalist. He's like the band leader. Mm -hmm. 
Um, he usually produces the, the the music too, right? Yeah, yeah, as well. Um, and uh, and so many other people that have come and gone throughout the years. I mean, how many? There's like twenty different people that have been in there. Something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and we'll get onto it later. But most recently, they kind of settled on a one, two, three, four, five piece, including David himself. Mm -hmm. um, and we can talk a bit about that a bit later. But um, yeah, I think that's a good, sort of good overview, maybe, of an uh, introduction. To yeah, dirty I mean, producers. really interesting music. Yeah, real interesting to discover these guys. Yeah, um, yeah. like what? Yeah, what's his name? David Byrne, Talk, mm -hmm. like Talking Heads. Yeah, that's the kind of show they remind me of, especially watching a couple of their live videos. Right. When yeah. they're up on stage, it's that same kind of it's yeah. almost art rock. Right. You know, it's like an experience. Yeah. And it's a little bit deeper than just here's my song, Jing Jing Jing. Right. Yeah. They're like kind of presenting this weird oral aural is that how you say it? aural uh yeah i think so it's not oral aural uh, like a u yes a -U. Like that. yeah <laughs> i think I we're on the same page <laughs> yeah yeah definitely uh but yeah super cool super immersive super kind of interactive yeah i think it helps you know you're you gotta kind of pay attention to this a little bit it's not just yeah beautiful music in the background yeah um but yeah i don't know props to them yeah, super yeah. cool Group, super cool music definitely and um you know so there's so many people that have come and gone i think we'll sort of just kind of well i will talk a little bit about david himself like his early mm -hmm. beginnings maybe um too crazy to go over the background of every member sort of thing, yeah like, yeah um, no i think that, that's, <laughs> that was my plan too so right cool. I think we're on the same page so he was born in southbury connecticut i've never been there never been to connecticut or Southbury, so I don't really Nor know. Nor have uh, I. Yeah. Um, in 1981, he was born there, so he's 39 right now. He um, he said his uh, parents weren't creative. Um, That's what I was going to say. It's yeah. kind of interesting. They 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 wanted him to be more professional. Yeah. And they were in fact paying for his school. I saw. Yeah. So they they kind of were pushing him towards this. Yeah. I don't know what he wanted to be. Because yeah. um, it was him and his brother. He has one brother that's older. Yeah, and he said his brother was kind of inspiring to him. He's an older brother, mm -hmm. um, but he um, did a lot of like uh, painting and drawing when he was younger and right. stuff like that. And that kind of inspired David himself. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and more recently, actually, like it's been the first time that they've ever, ever collaborated. Where on their most recent release, his brother has done all the album artwork for the for the. EPs that have come out and stuff like that. Which is cool. Did he yeah. end up doing music too? Um, yeah, he is a musician. Apparently, I think he plays in a Grateful Dead cover band or something. Okay, cool. He is also uh, with, I think it's Vampire Weekend as the band. There's a member from that. Hit, uh, the member from that band and Jake is the name, I think, of David's brother. Mm -hmm. They do a show on Apple One on music. Nice. Uh, radio called Time Crisis. Good for them. Um, Ez with Ezra Koenig, I think, is the other person on that. So, uh, but yeah, so he didn't have a creative background. His parents were kind of, uh, you know, traditionalist. Like yeah, traditionalist is a good way to say. Study, get a job kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think he said his dad at a certain point was like, if, you know, okay, I can see you're sort of creative and starting to write things. So he was like, trying to push him maybe towards more like journalism or something like that 
Mm -hmm. which David said is kind of funny now. He said, like, when you think about the context of journalism now and what it is as an industry versus what it was like in yeah. the 60s or even before the internet kind of thing. I think, I think he, um, what he means is it used to be more of a, a very professional gig, yeah. you know, job. Like you and can get a like, job with a newspaper and that'll be your employer. And yeah, and it's, like it's yeah. Uh, I mean, what is it? It's respectful. Yeah. It's like the journalist is doing a good job. They're doing an, an honest work to get the news to the people right. and really find out what's going on. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, you're a blogger? You're a journalist? <laughs> exactly. Okay, sure. Don't even train anymore. You just blog and then yeah. you get paid by... Yeah, just write whatever you want, yeah. whether it's true or not. Yeah. Well, yeah facts or not. Pulse news. Facts Fake are, news. Facts are opinions. <laughs> well, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah. I mean, but he was showing interest in, in creative outlets. And yeah. he started writing and releasing music while he was in college. Yeah, so he did go to college and then I think he went to Yale, mm -hmm. um, which is that's big, right? I think so. that's kind of a prestigious school. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I got accepted, but I was like, I don't know what this it's is. It's like you just rejected it. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I reject you. Yeah. Yeah. Yale. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But yeah, obviously <laughs> prestigious school. So yeah, probably a pricey school. Yeah. Parents helping out with that. And he did study music there, I think, was what he was mm -hmm. studying. And, uh, yeah, he studied like classical music, like Stravinsky. Yeah. And also some jazz, I think he, he did some studying in. Yeah. Sure, maybe that's wrong. Yeah, I think he was saying he was studying sort of classical um, composition mm -hmm. and arrangement and stuff like that. And um, he only said whilst he was studying there, he just basically, he didn't really go out. He just lock, locked himself away in his dorm room making music all mm -hmm. the time and got started getting material together and um he started put yeah like you said putting out albums whilst he was still in college and uh his first project was released under his own name i think it was called the graceful fallen mango mm -hmm. <laughs> in 2002 he put that out and then in 2003 was the first official album under the dirty projector's name the glad fact and I think like around this time he was like collaborating with a couple of other people and he said it was the time of MySpace. So uh, in between, so like he was studying and putting out albums mm -hmm. and then on the break, like the summer breaks, he was booking tours all around the US via MySpace, like getting in contact with people and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that. So it was yeah. pretty, super DIY, yeah, yeah. putting it together himself. Yeah. I think I remember him saying he would he would show up in Oklahoma or something at, at the yeah. the showrunner's house, like, hey, I'm here, ready, where do we go? <laughs> yeah. What do I gotta do? Yeah. And they're like, Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Uh they're like, Fuck. Hey, you're actually here. Okay, well let's do this. Exactly. Let me make some calls. <laughs> like we'll figure it out on the spot. Like I didn't like he was unprepared or something. I didn't expect him to show up and yeah. do the show or something like that. Yeah. Which yeah, goes to show how just on the rocks, all this, you know, putting yeah. together shows is yeah, and, yeah. and was at that time for these certain groups. Yeah. It sounds kind of low budget yeah. DIY for the showrunners themselves, whoever's producing those shows. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think like if you're just making contact with people that, you know, I think it happens as well that like you get contacted as well by mm -hmm. um, if you got music out there and people are finding you, uh, certain promoters are like inviting you to do shows. I know this kind of happened a lot recently, I think. With the projects we've been involved with, I think like mm -hmm. Dave Shanae and Sultans and that, um, Shayhan, I think sometimes they do get contacted by people that are putting on festivals or shows or whatever. Right. Most, mostly in this state. I don't know if they get contacted outside of 
Which would be well, cool though if that happened, you know. But <laughs> yeah. Well, it's still some local acts getting in the yeah. ground. Yeah. But um, yeah. And so I think David said about those first tours, you know, they were kind of shitty. Yeah, because the promoters didn't. He didn't really shitbag any promoters other than the fact that, like you say, it was kind of DIY and they're not mm-hmm. really, you know, they're just sort of reaching out and doing a small show. But then, yeah, he said no bon- no one would really show up to these things. Like they'd be in Alabama or somewhere crazy. Or yeah. Something like that. And it was like a national tour. Yeah. But, but small time. It wasn't, they weren't playing stadiums at this time. No. Just Probably like smaller clubs and stuff. Small, yeah, rock venues or whatever and stuff like that. So. Which is cool. Again, I think we've talked a lot about the importance of touring and like just yeah. just getting started and your early tours are going to be, what, you know, what they're going to be. I guess it's a learning thing, right, as well. Like you get to learn about how different people are approaching things, the different mm-hmm. venues, the different cities, the different audiences in the cities, if they show up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, where the, the rubber meets the road yeah. as far as seeing the industry from the inside out, yeah, yeah. how things work what yeah. it sounds like talking to the people who are organizing this yeah. and that. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, so props to him cause he was, you know, studying school and just kind of doing this on yeah. the side. Yeah. Um, and I guess slowly falling in love with it and yeah. eventually just is doing that full time now. Yeah. And, um, I think he, did he drop out of Yale? I didn't see if he did, but I didn't yeah. also see, I didn't see anything where he graduated. Yeah. I think he may have left. Or yeah. Something. Um, a little bit of a gray area there mm-hmm. um but in those early formative years you know they were just busting out albums and i think you know he was uh, getting the group together as a live band at that point um with a few people and um he said the name dirty projectors um i think it, someone asked him about it and he asked the question back as like what do you think it is <laughs> <laughs> so let's explore that for a second what did you when i when you first saw the name what did you think it it meant well i was i was thinking about it as i was listening to some of the music and their their music's pretty unique Mm -hmm. and pretty interesting and kind of draws you in it it like as if it's abstract art as opposed to like drawing an apple right in a bowl or something yeah like something very tangible you can see it it looks realistic yeah like realism so I, i was thinking like dirty projectors like instantly it yeah i feel like a dusty old projector in an old classroom yeah and it's like filming or projecting something old mm-hmm. and you know you see all the little spots running through the the projector and the lines going through it's like super old school mm-hmm. so i'm thinking that but mostly like what they're doing with their music they're kind of projecting this different style of music mm-hmm. so as like they are the projector the dirty projectors are the projectors projecting a like a different way of looking at music that kind of through a different lens. Yeah. Something like that is, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, but hopefully that paints a little bit of a picture where I'm coming from. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cause that's what I thought when I first heard it, I thought about film projectors, mm-hmm. real, like those big reels and stuff like that yeah. old sort of thing. So I, you know, cause I think some of the tracks I was listening to at that time was they're kind of sort of a little bit cinematic sounding mm-hmm. some of their music as well. So yeah, I got that, but like more recently, as I've been reading interviews with them and thinking about it, um, I think it's what he said his intention was as well is like, um, as people, we're projecting like our, our, our ideas and our mm-hmm. psychology on other people and things and all that. 
so that's kind of where he was coming from it like you're a dirty yeah. projector of yeah we're, we're all projecting no exactly yeah yeah we're projecting yeah. our our what we think is our perceived reality yeah. through our filter and lens and projecting that into the world right exactly yeah. you know like that's what yeah. people say like what when you see other people doing things or acting certain ways yeah like that's a, what you see as a projection of your own emotions or your own ideas mm -hmm. and that's kind of what you see everywhere yeah like that's not who i am you're projecting that on me yeah yeah yeah. Like, yeah it's weird yeah. perception perception is reality though yeah to each individual which and also like the the projecting thing i think can happen a lot with like celebrities and you know uh you know the the public projecting their image on famous people which is right. why they get kind of fucked up about it a little bit as yeah. well like, um because it's not necessarily true somebody else is making that up about you and projecting that onto you yeah, and yeah. telling you and expecting you to act yeah that way and sort of related to this kind of funny because i only watched this a couple of days ago but it's related is there's a documentary uh, i think made by the bbc about um david bowie mm -hmm. uh, it's called the last five years so it's like a documentary that explores what he was doing in his life and in his last five years. Um, and a lot of the themes he was talking about on his last album were to do with that fame concept as well. And I think he's, David Bowie has talked about it a lot in earlier music as well and tracks mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But, but that was sort of coming up again in his later years and, and the fact that he wasn't giving interviews as well anymore for right. anything and stuff like that. Well, he's still so, making music though. He's passed away now, right, but no. Uh, up yeah, until yeah. then, he was still. He's still. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. didn't he? I think he died like weeks after releasing his last album. Oh yeah, yeah. Which was uh, yeah. I think called Black Star. He, yeah, he passed away two days. It came out on his birthday, and then two days later he passed away. Yeah, kind of creepy. Crazy. Yeah, he also did a musical as well called Lazarus that he like wrote and produced um, in like that last year as Lazarus? well. Lazarus is he going to come back? that's the know. guy in the bible that died and came back right oh maybe I that's believe. why he picked i don't know about this stuff Ooh. so but yeah <laughs> but no that's like a good point with bowie because he definitely he obviously took on different personas yeah and you know dressed differently in different periods of his life as an artist and you know projected that like what he wanted to be yeah. as his perception to other people like look at me now i'm this yeah i'm playing i'm this character i am this whether you call it a character or whatever yeah you know, I don't know. You can, you can, you can project. Yeah, we all project. Yeah, based on the clothes you wear, the things you say, the way you talk, mm -hmm. things you talk about. Yeah. So. Yeah. I feel like that's that's. Yeah, I think we're on the same page about coming like projecting and. That's, yeah. Those are my ideas about his name. Definitely. But pretty interesting name, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's I fine. Like, I like it. it. I'm. I'm so. not like super <laughs> thrilled about it. No. <laughs> I'm not super you got jazzed. Dirty in the name of the your your. Your group that you're going to live with for the next 20 plus years or something like that dirty yeah <laughs> well yeah especially them being a whole big old band yeah, yeah. The, maybe the dirty van yeah yeah the the dirty tour van Oof. Yeah, that's <laughs> one thing i'm i would not be looking forward to if i went on a no. diy tour no, around thanks. the states no um well uh let's play another track yeah should we uh, hear something uh the title track off of their first album the Glad Fact. Yeah, let's do it. Came out in 2003 on a label called Western Vinyl. And yeah, here we go. The Glad Fact. 
crazy track. Pretty interesting. 2003 from the album The Glad Fact. That was the title track. Yeah. So they're, they're coming out of the <laughs> gates. Yeah, it was some... Not afraid. Obscure. Like the first half of that track was just like drums, right? Or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, yeah, it was more like a, almost an, an electronic... Yeah, yeah. Instrumental electronic song. Yeah. And then it turned into like like a soul yeah acapella kind of yeah yeah vocally yeah poignant track a little bit like uh is it Jim James we did an episode on mm -hmm. that, the way he kind of goes into that solely sort of indie vibe yeah he's bit. they're like indie but even a little country yeah. folky influence yeah 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 uh Jim James from My Morning Jacket right i think they have new music out too this year uh, yeah yeah heads up yeah um yeah so that was 2003 uh did two albums in 2003 another one called morning better last came out 2004 slaves graves and ballads mm -hmm. and then 2005 the getty address all of these were um mostly the same al uh, label but um the getty address is a weird one he said it was a concept album about don henley who was the front man from the Eagles or Stillers? I don't know. I don't know too much about the Eagles or Don Henley, but I'm not sure either. Yeah, but yeah. they were obviously a huge, yeah. influential band. Yeah. And uh, some people describe this album as a glitch opera. <clears throat> and I heard a few tracks from it. It sounds actually weirdly like there's a lot of like African sounds or rhythms or mm -hmm. something nodding to sort of those sorts of vibes which is interesting so well on that one there's a lot of like like strings and kind of orchestration also um or am i thinking of a different album you might be thinking of another one but there's yeah there's some strings on this as well and a little bit of sort of like electronic-y kind of sounds which is why mm -hmm. i think people call it glitch opera like, yeah because of that mixture of things textures and sounds mm -hmm. and stuff happening in there um which is interesting because he was, uh, David was asked about, um, I, I'm not sure what the original question was, but he was basically saying he doesn't like synthesizers. And like the guy was trying to press him on like what he means by that sort of thing. <laughs> and he was like, and he was just like, I just don't like synthesis. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> the, the very, the, yeah. the, the fundamental. The, the interviewer reason. didn't get what he was talking about at all and like moved on, but. <laughs> I, I think what he th I think what he is what I think he means. But yeah, <laughs> um, is it's kind of, it like can be um, artificial and not real or mm -hmm. organic, you know? Because um, the interviewer was like, "Well, what do you mean by synthesizer? Because it's basically a controller for any sound kind of thing." Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what David was thinking about. Was it's like, yeah, that's kind of you know, it's like sampling and triggering things. It's like not really natural or like it's synthesized versus human or something. I don't know. Right. It's kind of what I was thinking he meant from that, but he could have. But been, they, they do you know. use samples like on stage on yeah. tour, right? Um, so yeah, yeah. They are triggering some samples. I like, think he said they use a SPD sampler mm -hmm. and they have sounds in it, um, like stuff like snare drums that are like affected and sure, yeah. mangled up and stuff like that. Um, so it seems like they're they're not shy to use technology, no, to get get the sounds that they want on on stage or live. But yeah. they do have a high standard for like 
we want to be real as much as possible, like using real instruments and playing stuff as much as possible. Yeah. Anything yeah. that doesn't have to be triggered. Yeah. As a sample. Yeah, he said in one interview, he's not. He said he's not a purist. He's not like, oh, we'll never use a backing track or whatever. He said yeah. he's not like that. Like he's open to anything like that. Um, he did bring up an interesting thing about making music on the computer, which I totally align with as well. As he said that like making music on a computer is kind of can feel sort of analytical and too long of a process kind of thing because mm -hmm. you're thinking more about the music rather than letting the magic happen kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, he said like, because he said they'll do different techniques in the studio where they'll put like towels on guitars to mute them or sheets on pianos and stuff like that to get a certain sound kind of mm -hmm. thing. And he said the cool thing about that is like when you do that then you put a mic on it, then that's that, you know, that's how that sounds kind of thing. You can EQ it afterwards or whatever. He said, but with the computer, you know, you keep spending four hours with one plug-in, you know, like yeah. debating between this saturation setting or this saturation setting or whatever. Which I so. almost, I, I feel like it's the same exact thing. Mm, yeah. Like, we're in a room, like, hmm, should we put a blanket on the piano? Should we put it in the corner? Should we move the mics? Yeah. Like, that's the same as just having a plug-in and being like, oh, I'm going to change this knob. I'll put it back. I'll change this one now. Yeah. Like, just testing things. Mm-hmm. The same exact way through trial and error like this yeah. isn't exactly how i want it to sound let's experiment a little bit yeah obviously dirty projectors are comfortable experimenting yeah, yeah. and and trying new things i think it's i think there's a lot of similarities in, in technology yeah true. most people aren't super familiar with every single plugin that they use in logic yeah. or pro tools or whatever daw yeah but they're will they kind of know what the idea is and they can you know, try this, try this, it's still experimenting. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Just not analog, like yeah. with physical things. I think like it, the big, yeah, sorry. No, no, go on. I was done. <laughs> I think uh, the biggest thing I noticed personally going from like my eight track tape machine to <laughs> the computer <laughs> kind of thing, it was, is how you see music. Like, um, you know, when I was just on the tape track, it was about the sound of it, right? And you were mm -hmm. just listening to it and making adjustments and arrangements, whatever it was, based on how things sounded kind of thing. But then you go to the computer and then it's all of a sudden so how things look. <laughs> you can see the waveforms, you can see the grid. It's visually laid out. Yeah, and then in those early days, it's like, oh, it has to be in the grid. You know, you, mm -hmm. have, you have to play to a click track. You have, so you can like, rearrange parts of the song or, or or just make it work with the computer software kind mm -hmm. of thing which i think is it was just for me it just like made me think about music in a way that i didn't want to think about music in in that way kind of thing right rigid you know and i think cold cold yeah and i think like you know like you say it i think there's a million different ways to make music mm -hmm. so no one way is better than the other but i think Maybe as, as musicians, you like try all these different things and then you find the thing that works for what you want to do and go with that. 100%. You know, like, you know, like um, what's his name? Jack White from The White Stripes and yeah. all that. I know he just does all analog, reel-to-reel um, -reel tape machines. He's, he's one of those fundamentalist-type yeah. musicians who wants to use real stuff. Yeah. Probably doesn't have a computer in his studio. Exactly, yeah. Same as Adrian Young. Mm -hmm. you know, he wants to do things that way. Um, 
and uh but david like you know he does use computers you know to produce all of this music but also a lot of organic instrumentation mm -hmm. that's going into the computer and you know he said he'll try different things you know he said sometimes it's fun to just cut up your performance in the computer and just randomly jag around parts because you can discover like a new order or a new right thing that can be inspiring and stuff like that as well so i mean yeah, yeah just yeah. implementing randomization yeah yeah you know sampling yourself yeah yeah so yeah. i don't know yeah i think yeah. i think there's a lot of similarities more than there are differences than mm. a lot of people would admit to but i mean it just comes down to everybody is everybody's different yeah we all need a different diet nu different nutrition yeah. to to get to our optimal healthy self yeah you know mentally and physically like our our diet of information what we consume as well as the food and physical things we consume yeah you know we all are affected differently and same thing when you're doing music like you're going to be able to be artistic or creative in this way maybe not in this way but some somebody else like skrillex is good at making music on a laptop maybe somebody else is better making music on a guitar yeah nothing it's not right or wrong yeah, yeah but definitely. some people are more partial to this or that and you just got to find your own way yeah to do definitely yeah, yeah. let it come out of you you know and that's something i think about a lot is you know as, as a as a drummer, but as a struggling producer of music, I would call myself a struggling producer of music because I don't like. I know lots of people that make songs and release them, like yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> but I just haven't been able to get there yet. And um, in like talking about these musicians and how they approach things is inspiring to me to like maybe think about you know I'm struggling so much with the computer trying to make something happen. Like right. maybe I need to try something else see if that works you know like go to the instruments first or something yeah like like, uh, yeah you know, at this yeah. point sometimes we forget that we don't have to use a laptop yeah as is nothing more than a recording device to get something recorded yeah but i, I mean obviously i know you have tons of recording equipment yeah like uh yeah. field recording so you can just put that in the room yeah, exactly, yeah. and get some yeah. cool stuff yeah because yeah. i mean you know back to dirty projectors he's doing you can tell a lot of this music it's he's mixing like lo-fi techniques yeah with those like drums just like incredibly distorted yeah. and like lo-fi and like crappy sounding but also hi-fi stuff yeah making it sound really crisp really beautiful especially on like on that track we just played like the yeah. crispy vocals yeah. really pretty really yeah. bulky but then really lo-fi kind of dirty drums mm -hmm. yeah and you know that dichotomy between the two is where i think this guy likes to yeah, yeah explore definitely yeah no it's cool like you can hear that in his experimentation because it's like mm -hmm. he's not <clears throat> with you know some artists it's like it's lo-fi because that's the uh access to the equipment they have and whatever or yeah. lack of knowledge of mixing or whatever and then with him you can see he's using it purposefully on purpose yeah as a there's an aesthetic kind of thing like right yeah going for that the drums and stuff like that right yeah. which is cool yeah not by accident that it's yeah. peaking yeah like they then yeah yeah cool thing i guess that's that's what's um what i appreciate about this artist is he recognizes that there's you can have a song and you can have like the bones of a song we've talked about this before mm -hmm. and you can push it in this direction or that direction in a different genre yeah or it could we could try it like this try it like that and there's different ways you can try to extract different meaning or emotion from a 
song from a track. Yeah. Um, and then there's the difference between like the track, the specifics of how it's produced yeah. and the techniques used and the instruments used. Yeah. Um, and so he's, they'll experiment a lot. Yeah. Um, we're talking about um, David Longstreth. Mm-hmm. Longstreth is the guy. Um, so he's not afraid to like try a song multiple times, even release, you know, the same song yeah. in a different production style or instrumentation. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you said he's he's fascinated or interested in the, in how you can strip a song down just to the vocals and the acoustic guitar or piano. Yeah, have it still work, which we've talked about a lot. You know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I would who, say like the ABC song. Like everyone yeah. knows that song. You could put piano to it. You could put guitar. Yeah. Or you can produce a crazy ABC song track. It's right. all. Yeah. You know, digital and yeah, yeah, yeah. electronic. Yeah. yeah. But but it's still the song. The bones are there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things you can do with that. Definitely, yeah. And so he's, yeah, so I respect him because he's not afraid to just dive in and let's try something new. Yeah. I mean, I think we haven't talked about it yet, but that next album, Rise Above, I think would be the next one, 2007. Yeah. Is there all, it's all re-released or the re, redone recordings from Black Flag songs? Yeah, from the band Black Flag, which is interesting. They, it's like a cover album, but they mm-hmm. did the, he did these songs from memory. Of, yeah, of how they sounded or whatever versus going back and do you think he didn't uh, listen to it like literally just from memory and it, he never used it as a reference he says from memory so <laughs> i i'm gonna say no but yeah it, right. it, it must be an album that he's super familiar with though like one That's of his right. favorites or something like that that he's listened to over and over again because yeah like you know there are some albums i don't know as intimately as that, as that though but like you know some chili peppers albums i'd be like how mm-hmm. how could i recreate under the bridge without listening to it again right now yeah like, you know. but you got the vibe still yeah you don't even need to know which chords they were playing necessarily yeah yeah but the general instrumentation yeah. and the general vibe yeah. feel which is an interesting way of doing it because then maybe you're not actually covering maybe you're just actually coming up with original stuff like and you don't know it or something i don't know depends if he used the lyrics or not i don't know if he um I haven't actually listened well, to the yeah. album Rise Above, so I can't say whether the lyrics. I didn't listen to it either. either. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, I like some Black Flag. What's what's the yeah. guy's name in Black Flag? I was trying to look it up. Oh yeah, a uh, real famous guy. Yeah. Uh, blah blah blah. Damn, it's not coming up on name? this page. No, interesting. Or maybe it's a different group. Huh? Is it, I thought Black Flag was with that one guy. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> That's weird. It's not coming up. Here. But I can't find that guy's name. I, 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 you know the guy I'm talking about. I know about. the guy. He had a TV show, uh, interview show. He does like stand-up stuff. Yeah. Henry Rollins. Yeah, Henry Rollins. Where, why isn't his name coming up on this page? On the Wikipedia. Yeah, that's weird. But Henry Ro- oh, Rollins. Oh, yeah, he is... As listed as a past member of Black Flag, Henry Rollins. Oh, because yeah. Black Flag's still going, but he's not in it anymore? No. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense, I guess. I didn't know that. Yeah, Henry Rollins is a real interesting guy. Um, yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's. if you ever, for the viewers or listeners out there, go check out some interviews, uh, or him speaking or being interviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some really interesting ideas and thoughts. and He seems like a cool guy. He's been in some movies as well. He's acted in some strange comedic He's a, he's a renaissance man. Yeah. He's doing a little <laughs> bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He does have some cool ideas. Yeah. That guy's a cool dude. Yeah. Uh, uh, should we play another song? 
Um, yeah. Duty projectors. What else you got on them? We have. Um, we we're just touching on um, the writing and the music. Yeah. Well, uh, let's play a track off of. I um, don't know how to pronounce this album. Bite Orca or Bit Bitty Bete Orca. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it it feels like French or something. So it's like Bete. B i t t e Orca. Um, it's coming up in Google as German word for "you're welcome." Can we get a little? Is there a little audio of uh, a, the person saying that yeah, the pronunciation? Let's see if this works. Oh no, wrong thing. Bitter. 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 Sounds like bitter. Bitter. Yeah, it sounds like bitter. Bitter. With a with a UK <laughs> accent. Bitter. Yeah. Orca. Yeah. Um, stillness is the move. Let's play this track. All right. This is one of my picks from Bitter. Orca. <laughs> strings mm-hmm. happening there yeah very nice sounding stillness is the move uh featuring amber kaufman on vocals she was a member of the band until 2013 she was also uh david's girlfriend so they were in the band mm. and they were dating and they broke up and she left the group she has um released some solo albums i see here um which, which- might be worth checking out her last one was in 2017 yeah Right on. So. But she was she was a one of the main vocalists for the group, like kind of during yeah. a big part of their yeah their come up, kind of in their the main part of their yeah you know I don't mm. know how long they're gonna go on for. I don't want to say the main <laughs> part of their career, but the beginning part yeah, from, but not the first few albums from two thousand six. So I think from the Getty Address album all the way through to Swing Low Magellan, mm-hmm. uh, which came out I think in twenty twelve. Magellan. I think that's how okay. I'm saying it. Yeah. So she's around for like four albums and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a, a good sweet spot for them. Well, yeah, because also this album, um, Bitter Orca, uh, was their first one that came out on Domino. They got signed to Domino mm-hmm. label. Big label. Like a, yeah, they did like yeah. a four or five record run with that label. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I think you know, as often happens with dirty projectors i think they get a group of members together to tour live and stuff like that and mm-hmm. that's where a lot of that collaboration comes out of um when they go back into the studio after touring right i kind of think so yeah um so she was around yeah for the that first album which was their breakthrough album they call it um it was pretty big for them critical response right then the swing low what do you say magellan magellan, magellan. I, think, I think that's right <laughs> Um, uh, and he, he said 
some people have said that album is a little bit more straightforward versus their more experimental history kind of thing. Um, he said, some people said it's like a break from the conceits of the past, the conceits of, uh, that's a way, way to say. Okay. Uh, the conceit. Uh, the conceit. Conceited sounds like a bad word to me, so I wouldn't call their albums conceits. Oh, I don't know. Maybe like just a way of doing things, but um, yeah. yeah, this album, they said some people said it's got like Beatles style piano ballads, um, like folk rock. Um, it's more of a standard verse, chorus, verse, chorus structure, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, Leaning into their indie influence. Yeah. Um, David said he thinks this album's a better record than Bitter Orca. Um, he said Bitter Orca was more like a mission statement. Um, but it bit off more than it could chew, is what he, he said. Um, so he said, Swing Low Magellan is a deeper record in every way. It's more musically inventive, albeit a bit less bombastic and less show-offy way. It's more elegant musically, and the lyrics are way better than anything on Bitter Orca, is what mm-hmm. David said. Um, They're yeah. both good, though. You're going to, as the yeah. artist, you're going to know perceive your own work in one way oh, yeah, for sure yeah. so maybe maybe other people don't see it that way yeah and you know and then kind of, this kind of sort of leads into the 2017 album which they self-titled dirty projectors and uh people have said that's a breakup record because he was writing specifically about his breakup with amber and putting that into the music kind of thing um, but he also said lyrically, like he feels like on his previous lyrics he's just been like trying to come up with cool phrases Whereas on this album, Dirty Projectors 2017, he was trying to write more like stories or feeling, emotion in every song kind of thing. Um, okay. But yeah, putting his his relationship with the member that was in the band on blast yeah. a little bit kind of, which is interesting. Yeah, I hope she's well. okay with that. Yeah, we don't know. He said they don't talk anymore, unfortunately, but he said, you know, she was a really good friend throughout all these years and he hopes that they can collaborate at some point in the future mm-hmm. he said he said because he thinks it's a long road like life or music and all that so yeah he's not rolling out working with her again in the future you know that's which good is cool keep yeah. an open mind yeah 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 so um yeah sorry for them yeah i wonder what <laughs> happened it's not our business yeah i don't know they, they didn't put that out there but oh, i guess if you like maybe go through um, the album and listen to the lyrics, you might get some sense. But it's also like one-sided, I feel like, if you're writing a breakup album. Uh, we don't know. It's he said, she said. What, <laughs> he's, he's got the album out, though. But he's got like certain titles on this, like Keep Your Name as a track title, Death Spiral, <laughs> Up in Hudson, Work Together, Little Bubble, Winner Take Nothing, Ascent Through the Clouds, Call Your Heart, and the last track on that album is I See You. Okay. So he's, he's, even he's, just in the titles, you get in a, some kind of a sense of... <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's working through some stuff. He's, he's thinking about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, good for him. Music is a great outlet to yeah. express yourself that way or, or learn about yourself even that way through yeah. the creation of it. Yeah. So yeah, really introspective. Yeah, yeah. Some, a lot of people say that. Um, finding yourself... Um, through music and that exploration mm-hmm. of, of that yeah which is we're cool. all just trying to find ourselves jay i know yeah 
It's a process. Sometimes I can't find myself, and I'm like, <laughs> did I leave myself in the fridge? <laughs> Let me check. The, let me check. There are there are the keys. Oh. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, I guess like uh, crazy collaborations that um, uh, David has been able to do throughout the years as well. He moved to um, LA at a certain point, I think. Um, yeah, he built a studio in LA. Yeah, and I think that's where he's kind of based out of now. Yeah, and uh, and of all people, he has worked on a track with Kanye West. Um, I think there's like a a track. Let me just find the name of it. Uh, that they said he wrote the hook for. It was a track called Four or Five Seconds, which featured Rihanna, Kanye West, and Paul McCartney. Wow. Um, oh, I remember that track. You do? I had to recall it. I, I mean, I think uh, it came out like almost 10 years ago now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Some, sometime back then. Yeah. Maybe maybe not that far back. Okay. But yeah. at least five. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and he, uh, he also said, I think, well, 2017 was when he was writing Dirty Projections. And actually he said about that album, the breakup album, is that he wasn't really intentionally trying to write that into an album he just said he was putting these songs together mm-hmm. and he was starting to play them for other people and they were liking it and he said at this time he was actually going to la on trips to work with kanye west he also met rick rubin and like he was playing tracks from this dirty projectors album to kanye west and to rick rubin and getting their like feedback and input on it and stuff so he's playing with the big boys yeah and um yeah they they encouraged him to um like put it out or something and just crazy that's amazing i didn't i didn't realize he he worked that close with him neither did i yeah um i mean rick rubin from all the stories i hear he's definitely i think we've mentioned in another episode he's definitely someone that encourages artists to like be themselves and put and just you know forget about the industry and image and all of that and just focus on yeah what do you want to say and be honest in your music and stuff like that yeah yeah. rick rubin i don't know about his technical prowess but he's almost more like a music philosopher therapist kind of role as as a a sensei or something yeah he's a music sensei (laughs) that's exactly right yeah he has his whole his dojo yeah shangri-la definitely yeah so, I mean, cool guy. And um, yeah, so Dave was also working with Solange, who's uh, Beyonce's sister. Um, yeah. I think she appeared on a, doing vocals on a Dirty Projectors album, I think. Yeah, there was some um, kind of connection there I was trying yeah. to see, because uh, back to Rise Above, that was produced by, um, I think it's a singer or a, one of the guys in the band Grizzly Bear. Oh, okay. I've heard which, the name, yeah. Yeah, and they got some really cool stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to talk about them in the future. Yeah um they have some really cool music but he helped produce rise above okay. in 2008 yeah. and so i think i don't know there's some kind of connection i know i think beyonce was at a grizzly bear concert with jay-z maybe mm-hmm. and um yeah. i don't know i'm just i'm just like putting this together right now like they were at the concert he produced yeah. dirty projectors rise above yeah and so i don't know there's some kind of circle that i'm seeing but i'm not sure if i don't know the whole story yeah yeah he said they working with Solange on some of her stuff said inspired him. Um, mm-hmm. I think around that time, because the breakup was kind of heavy for him, I think. And yeah. Um, yeah, he said like 
he said Solange probably doesn't know this, but like she inspired him like musically to sort of get out of that funk and that hole that he was in kind of thing. Right. And come out of it. So. Well, that's amazing. Crazy. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Found a friend. Yeah. A confidant. Exactly. Um, he's also David from David Longstreth again. Uh, he worked on a whole album of Bjork as well. Which is crazy. Um, Bjork's pretty huge. Yeah. He said about working with her that she's kind of like a Jedi. <laughs> yeah. He said that, um, that, you know, she said she's a really nice person and, you know, she can just talk about normal things in the studio, talk mm -hmm. about teas or whatever and stuff like that. He yeah. said, um, and he said that, you know, she said she would say yes to everything and she'd be really open to his ideas and the other co-producers in the studio. And, uh, you know, and he said, you know, they'd just be like going through their processes and throwing out their ideas and she'd like put her stuff on it. And he said, but by the end of the project, it was like definitely a Bjork project. <laughs> and he said, that's why she's a Jedi because she's like, it feels like you're just doing everything like that you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, she's filtering it and putting it out in her way kind of thing. <laughs> without without pushing it. overbearing or, like, or, oh, yeah. this is my project, you do this. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she I'm, sounds really creative and really. They said that about her as well. She said they said she's really, um, like, really good artist to work with. Like, she sounds yeah. intuitive. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. like a good producer yeah. of you know producer of the mind. You know, how do we get these guys to organize? That's yeah. so much of production and making music is how to organize yeah. the people. Yeah, you know, like you need a HR department in your in your band, right? Yeah, to make sure everyone's working together, make sure there's no liabilities <laughs> for the group yeah and uh, you know push everything forward yeah. in, a, in a positive way where people aren't getting mad at each other and arguing and stuff so yeah. props to bjork yeah props and then uh yeah i guess 30 projectors that was their self-titled in 2017 yeah then in 2018 they had another album lamp lit prose came out on domino again they did a live album after that in 2019 um sing the melody yeah and then, and then we're sort of bringing us up to um, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Yeah, like on the, the cusp. Yeah, their the um, new lineup again, new five piece, uh, and uh, the members of this are David, obviously, multi instrumentalist vocals, mm -hmm. Michael, uh, Mike, Daniel Johnson on drums, Maya Friedman on guitar, keys, vocals. Felicia Douglas, percussion, keys, vocals, and Kristen Slip on keys and vocals. And that's the current lineup. Um, some of these people have been around for a while. Mike, Daniel Johnson, has been in and out of the band, but he first was with them in 2012. And uh, the other members have been with them since 2018. And he said, yeah, so they released this... They call it the five EPs. Yeah, let's talk about the five EPs. Yeah. Because in 2020, all through 2020, they released five separate EPs. Yeah. But, for example, on Spotify, there's an album, and it's not an EP, it's a full, it's an album. Yeah. It's in the album section yeah, yeah. of the discography. Um, yeah, called so, five EPs. Yeah, so they did actually all come out at different times and they had different titles uh the first one was windows open came out in march 2020 and flight tower came out in may 
Lose Your Love was the name of another one. And then it's September was the last one, I think, called Boss uh, Super Jow. Well, I can't pronounce. It's like the name of a famous musician. It's J-O-A-O, Brazilian. Um, are we going to consult Jao. Google for, uh, trans for pronunciation? Uh, we're doing it more and more these days. Now we've found it. We've had actually like different episodes where we didn't know to pronounce words and we just left it hanging. Here we are. <laughs> not anymore. Now we have uh, Google to say things. No, it's not coming up. Anyway, never mind. Okay. This, this is okay. Yeah. I think it's Jao. Well, Jao. Joao. Oh, Joao. 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 Uh, Portuguese. Okay. Yeah that, yeah. that sounds about right. Um, yeah, so five EPs, and it's cool. Uh, yeah, and then so eventually the record label decides to put them all together as one 20-track album called The Five EPs. Mm -hmm. Not a bad idea. Yeah. and um, Cool music on there. Yeah, so the cool thing about this is each of these five EPs, um, uh, they have a different singer leading each one from the group kind of thing. Oh, okay, uh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. That's cool. And, um, and then the last one is David on vocals. And he said, like, you know, the, the point of all of this was to introduce the new lineup and the new sounds that they're creating mm -hmm. to the fans and to the world kind of thing and doing it via these sort of, like, vignette EPs. Right. And Kind of a little bit of a focus, a little focus yeah, on yeah, the different yeah, yeah. artists. And he said then after that, um, coming in the future, they're going to do a whole new album uh, with all of them kind of thing. I bet. That's um, going to be cool. Yeah, and like we said earlier, his brother Jake did the, the covers artwork for each of those um, EPs as well. And his work is like, um, it's like illustrations, paintings a little bit of like kind of modern America. Like mm -hmm. he has like images of like big box retailers and like advertising placards that are turned around so you can't see what's on them. And, oh, okay. And if you go on the Dirty Producers website, it's kind of interesting because it's like, the whole page is like a gallery and you have like the album or the EP cover hanging on the wall mm -hmm. and each member of the, of the band, just like there's one person looking at it, like and you okay. just swipe through and you can see each of the members just like looking at the album. That's kind of cool. It's kind of an interesting um, aesthetic yeah. visual thing going on there. Yeah. 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 So I like this five EPs project cause it um, kind of like what you were saying, they, this vignette idea this focus yeah. idea yeah um and they were also kind of focusing on just going back to like making music without a big grand plan right and like let's produce it and move it in this specific direction like let's just try to go for it yeah get all the ideas the ideas quickly yeah and put them down yeah and create what what's like right on the forefront of our minds at the time mm -hmm. instead of overthinking it and reproducing and re-releasing yeah um so i just thought that was cool kind of they're bringing it back to basics along with the focus on the different yeah, yeah. singers and stuff. So overall, cool, unique project yeah, yeah. doing, you know, planning five EPs. Not that weird because Kanye West did that a few years ago, releasing like seven oh, albums, yeah. each with seven songs, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I missed that. So they're, okay. they're called, I think they're called labeled albums. Yeah. And these are EPs mm -hmm. technically, but basically either way. Yeah. yeah. But either way, cool. Yeah, that's something else that David said about um, making music as well. Is like he thinks things should be done quickly. Like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, like you say, going with your instincts, the intuition sort of thing. Yeah. Um, like, 
I like that idea, yeah. He also said um, about uh, writing, he said sometimes he'll come up with something and he said, he said the quicker you can realize where that should sit in the song, the better. Mm. <clears throat> you know, because he said you'll come up with something and it will be like a bridge. Right. And he's like, oh, okay, that's a bridge for sure. Mm -hmm. Then he's like trying to write the other parts that go, that complement that. It's like, how can we get there? Yeah. This part of the song sort of thing, which I'd never heard before that concept. And it, it just kind of resonated with me a little bit about, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that totally yeah. resonated with yeah. me too. Cause yeah. it's like, if you got one part, what are you going to do next? Mm -hmm. You could do anything in the world. Like it's literally infinite options. Um, but you can kind of focus on this and it's like, if you're looking at a color wheel, like if you're on blue, then you can kind of look to the opposite side and like, what's, what's contrasting to that idea. Yeah. And let's try that something to, to create a, you know, multi-dimensional track. Are you referring to the musical color wheel as well? Or just the color wheel? Uh, well, <laughs> there's like a circle of fifths. Yeah. Um, I've seen that. Like, yeah. What, I mean, that's what it's called. Circle of fifths. Yeah. Where you find like the note and then you see the opposing note that's not what i was talking about i was over. just talking about more metaphorically yeah, yeah. but in yeah. actuality that's that's another way to do it yeah like <laughs> if i'm in this area i'm in this key what's yeah. something that i could do to contrast that key to make it feel different yeah. like we're going somewhere or we came we're going back and forth yeah rather than you know just an eight bar loop over and over for five minutes yeah which there are tracks like that that are super cool too yeah not throwing shade on there yeah um but yeah, just kind of going with that next thing. Yeah. Like if he's got the bridge, then what can I do to complement that mm -hmm. in a different way to yeah. drive the song? Yeah. And let's, I mean, like you said, get all these ideas out like right now. Like yeah. Put them down yeah. raw yeah. and work with that material yeah. rather than work on a bridge and make sure you had a really cool bridge part. But six months later, I'm going to add the verse yeah. and try to do something. Yeah. It, the sky's the limit. It doesn't matter. But that's, yeah. that's one path that this guy... David, uh, what's his name? Lynchman. Um, my bad. Well, we've already forgotten his last name. Oh my God. <laughs> Longman. Yeah. Lindman. Longstreth. 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 Sorry, David. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he also said, yeah, he, he, he'll, he will have parts of songs that like just sit around for ages as well though. Like mm -hmm. that he'll write something and not really have a place for it. And then five years later, he'll like, finally ah yes we can put it with this thing i'm doing kind of thing yeah is, i don't know how he documents that he must record riffs or something i'm sure yeah. them. i don't know like but yeah 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 it's it's crazy how something could kind of sit in your head for for years and years and it's always kind of there which is also good right it means it must be something if you remember it yeah i think i was actually i think i talked about this recently with like paul mccartney and uh, he was no i think you're right yeah, yeah talking about how they wrote beatles songs and they didn't have any way of recording it back then mm -hmm. so they just had to remember and then when they went into the studio do it and yeah like he said he said well if you couldn't remember it it probably wasn't very good but, wasn't wasn't worth remembering yeah, exactly, so forget yeah. it <laughs> but if you remember it the next day it's catchy or whatever then yeah. that's sounds the song. work on that exactly yeah yeah no that's so. yeah and same same as as what this guy's doing david is is kind of just going at it like from know is it good that raw energy yeah if it's good let's keep going if it's not let's throw it away until you know just yeah. lay it all out on the sleeve yeah hard on the sleeve yeah and let's just go for it yeah well that's cool that's all i got on dirty projectors yeah jay what are you thinking um i, I forgot 
I think Overlord was the track we opened up with, right? From five EPs. I believe so. So we'll play out with another track, uh, which is from David's EP, which is the last EP that came out, mm-hmm. which is in reference to um, Zhao, which is a tribute to late Bossa Nova legend, Zhao Gilberto. Gilberto. Nice. Yeah. So, cool. Um, yeah, so we'll play out with that. But yeah, this has been Marisa Graves. Yeah, Dirty Projectors. Awesome stuff. Super interesting. It really sucked me and they got a lot of material to listen to. Yeah. I definitely recommend it. Great choice by Jay. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know half the music, so definitely have to I go got, back and listen to some things there. 100%. Yeah. yeah. No, same. I'm listening to some more tonight. Cool. And uh, But yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. If you got any more information, hit us up. Any comments, concerns, if you're worried about us, <laughs> let me know. Uh, uh, but hit us up at that email, Jay. What is that? Roots to Grooves at signalradio.com. S I G N L radio.com. We're on TikTok as well at Signal Radio. We're on Instagram as Signal Radio and Roots to Grooves. We have an Instagram, which we need to, I need to get back on top of as well. And <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. So meet us there. We'll see you on Insta. Always. We'll see you on the socials. Yeah. And uh, since Jay said TikTok, that means we're done. is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.